Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Twice a week on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm asking this one. How do we decide if a lot of people being infected is a good thing or a bad thing? It's day 177 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 12,38,635 cases with 29,861 deaths. Earlier this week, after weeks of selective and limited leaks to the media, the National Center for Disease Control finally made public what it called the results of a follow-up seroservillance survey. In a seroservillance survey, a sample population's blood is tested for antibodies to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. This is a research tool rather than a diagnostic test because it gives you an estimate of the share of the population who has been exposed to the virus, either right now or in the past, as antibodies remain in the bloodstream. Countries across the world have conducted seroservillance surveys. The most recently published and properly conducted survey was done nationwide in Spain over the end of April and beginning of May and published in the Lancet. And it found an overall population prevalence rate of around 5% going up to above 10% in Madrid. India plans to do multiple seroservillance surveys, but I am going to talk about just two in this episode. On June 11th, the ICMR first made public some findings of a national seroservillance survey that it said had been conducted both nationally on the general population and specifically in the containment zones of hotspot areas. And then this week, the NCDC made public findings of a follow-up seroservillance survey that it conducted in Delhi alone. What was released on June 11th was the overall national level data. Although released is an overgenerous term to use since all that the media got was PPT slides and no detailed data or raw data or even a published study. Anyway, the ICMR split the country into four groups going from low incidence based on what RT-PCR testing at the time was showing to high incidence groups and then it chose 15 districts from each group and 400 individuals from each district. In all, that was 26,400 people. What that survey found was that 0.73% of that sample had already been infected, meaning less than 1%. The prevalence was higher in urban slums than in rural areas and very high in some containment zones, although that data was not released then and has been subsequently slowly leaked in drips to media across the country. But we got no further detail about important demographic characteristics of the sample or how the sampling frame was prepared. meaning that it was hard to be confident that this was a representative sample i am going to leave that issue aside for most of the rest of this episode and focus instead on what i see as two problems with interpretations of the data both of which stem from the same issue hard selling the data to make propaganda points here's dr balram bhargav director general of the icmr presenting the findings at the june 11th news conference the results were that uh... Uh, we found that about 0.73% of the population in these district showed a prevalence of past exposure to uh, SARS-CoV-2 infection this means that the lockdown and the containment measures have been successful in keeping it low and preventing rapid spread of this disease over the last 3 months as we speak 
It is amazing to me that after presenting one headline number, Dr. Bhargav was already able to declare that this meant that the lockdown had been successful, particularly since a prevalence rate of 0.73% would mean that India had 10 million cases by the end of April, the majority of them undetected. Dr. V.K. Paul, who heads the COVID-19 Response Task Force, went one step further a few minutes later at the same press conference. The situation that can be seen broadly, we can say that the situation after roughly five weeks, five and a half weeks of lockdown, that's the situation we are looking at right now. So at least at that stage, if we look at it, the impact of the disease in our country in these districts has been on less than 1% of the population. In such a big country, such a big pandemic was kept at this level by the country. This is in itself a very important achievement. There should be no doubt about that. This need to immediately use the data to declare the lockdown a success is very troubling. It happened again at the NCDC press conference this week when the director of the National Center for Disease Control, Dr. S.K. Singh, presented their Delhi survey findings. These findings, they said, showed that 23% of the city had antibodies. This serosurvey was conducted between June 27th and July 10th and consisted of more than 20,000 participants in Delhi, they said. These findings show us one more thing, which is the main point when we talk about community prevalence, which is that it has now been six months of us fighting this outbreak and the world has been exposed to the virus for more than six months. But even then, as of today, just 22.86% of Delhi's population has been exposed or infected by it. This shows us one more thing, that the aggressive lockdown measures or containment measures that were taken right from the beginning prevented this infection from taking a severe form. This points to the success of those measures. If a low prevalence rate of less than 1% as of the third week of May meant that the lockdown had been successful, it's a bit hard to also make the argument that an infection rate of 23% by the end of June also means that the lockdown was successful. And then there's this. The highly fraught exercise of extrapolating from the seroprevalence data to estimate the true fatality rate. Here's Dr. Bhargav on June 11th. But the good news is that the infection fatality rate was very low. That was 0.08% uh, as far as this 26,000 individuals was uh, uh, looking at the population. To be confident that India records deaths well enough that you simply divide known deaths by all known and unknown infections seems overly optimistic to me and bound to skew towards underestimation of deaths. We are still in a context where multiple states and cities are admitting to not counting deaths with comorbidities as COVID deaths and no patient without a positive test before death is accepted as a COVID death. Without fixing these known issues with our COVID mortality reporting, to then confidently divide reported deaths by extrapolated total infections seems deeply problematic to me. Here's Dr. Paul again going that one step further on June 11th. Mortality rates you have. The mortality rate in this country on account of the pandemic is clearly low and this is also a matter of good fortune. It also gives us some reassurance that if we get through this pandemic while keeping mortality low, then this will be a big achievement for the country. 
There is no good evidence so far that there is something notably different about India. Something about the strain of the virus or our climate or our genetic makeup or immunity that should make us any less susceptible to contracting SARS-CoV-2 and dying from it, save for the fact that our population is younger. So numbers that are significantly off from the global trend are not something to uncritically cheer but something to examine further. The infection fatality rate that the Indian seroprevalence surveys indicate is substantially lower than most other affected countries. The Delhi survey produces an estimate of 0.07% of infections resulting in deaths, while similar sero survey based estimates for the US stand 10 times higher. An estimate for Denmark looking at only patients under 70 is still over 10 times higher than the Delhi estimate. And that's comparing entire countries with a single hotspot city. I don't disagree that seroprevalence surveys could help us evolve our understanding over time of how lethal the disease truly is for the overall population. But right now it still seems to me that broadening testing and understanding what share of those tested and identified as currently ill are surviving that's what we're best off looking at. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurthy. Tomorrow a new question.